What is up? Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday to you. I don't know where that came from, but hey. <laughs> there you go. It's for you. It's for you. <laughs> what is up? Thank you so much for being here, sharing your beautiful time with me and with today's guest. What is up? Neil. Oh man, Neil has been on this podcast many a times and I had to have him back because we had to have this discussion. And you'll hear a bit more, but suffice it to say that both Neil and I have a strong connection to God. And that was one of the reasons that him and I bonded in the first place when we met each other online, when we started chatting kind of outside the group in which we had met. And for me specifically, I could really feel the pull in his energy. I could feel the weight, the gravity. I could feel that I had met someone who could understand what I've always innately known, and someone who also has a personal relationship with God. You know, when it comes to God, God can be such a triggering thing. And if that word bothers you, hey, <laughs> I honestly, I mean, definitely be sure to check out, you know, the first part of our interview where we both explain our personal definitions of God. This is not a religious thing. This is not an exclusive thing. This is, it's all about love, you know? And growing up in the Christian church, for me personally, you know, I would always see people who would take in religion, take in preachings and, and scripture and those sorts of things, but they lacked this personal relationship with God. And therefore they were empty. And I believe that that is why so much of the Christian faith in particular is empty. You know, um, when I look at like the Muslim faiths or these types of things, there's more reverence there than you will often find within Christian communities. And I don't want to point any fingers. I don't want to say one is better than the other. I don't want to get into that discussion because it's a waste of time and not what I'm here for, not what you are here for. But what was really fascinating to me is that when I came to the metaphysical communities, I found the same thing, the exact same thing. And because I consider God to just be love, and I shouldn't say just be love because love is love is everything. Love is love is the ultimate. Love is all, right? But you know, within the metaphysical communities, a lot of folks, instead of saying God, they say source, they say creator, universe, you know, there's so many different names, goddess, and and all of those things work as far as I'm concerned, if it's founded in love. But I was really blown away that I, I found the same sort of emptiness within the metaphysical communities as I did within the Christian communities. Because while a lot of folks touted these names, said these names, referred to these names, 
it was quite apparent within their work and also just within their energy that they lacked having a personal relationship with God. And that is such a beautiful and, and different and distinct type of, of connection to God, source, creator, whatever it may be. The world will always want to tell us how we should do things, how we should approach things, what our relationships should look like, whether it's with our family or romantic partners or God. But what is most important for us is to navigate those relationships on our own terms, to figure out what works for us and to cultivate a relationship from those open, honest, transparent places because that is where the richness is at. And I, you know, I was fortunate enough, very blessed to just be born into this life knowing God and I have always had a personal relationship with God and I've always noticed that difference in myself and people that I grew up around, people that I knew within all communities. It gave me a confidence, it gave me an understanding of Self, It gave me a place to go and cry and yell and scream and be angry and, and ask for help when I needed those things, which in turn just built me up as an individual. So no matter how broken I was or, or how many issues I dealt with in my life, and, and there were many, there are many still, <laughs> about the farthest thing from perfection that you can find. <laughs> Um, I have this thing, this priceless, beautiful relationship with God, this personal relationship with God. And in my bringing this discussion to you, what was so important for me was really that I wanted to inspire you to also take on this journey for yourself. And so you're going to hear this just awesome discussion between Neil and I talking about our very real relationship with God (laughs) on our own terms. We both have different backgrounds. He grew up Buddhist. I grew up Christian. Um, It's so fascinating to talk to people from different backgrounds and especially how they came to God. You know, what was that turning point? What was the thing that shifted and, and then again, just coming back to talking about real relationship with God, you know, it's all, it's not all pink roses and unicorns and rainbows and you know what I mean? That's not reality. And so you're not going to get all like the light and love in this discussion. You're going to get the reality of what it is to be human, what it is to seek that spiritual connection, reconnection with God and kind of what that looks like, how to navigate it, how to, yeah. And really, it all comes down to you. What works for you? What can you do with this, you know? And and that is what my intention is with this discussion for you. So before I dive too much into telling you all the things... <laughs> We do have a couple of announcements, one that I'm super excited about. So of course, you know about the Confidence Series. I've been talking about the Confidence Series, six-week journey, healing journey with the Akasha to reclaim our confidence, to uncover who we are, and to learn how to live life from an empowered place. 
So not only is tomorrow night, midnight, the closing of registration, ah, we start on the 13th this coming Monday, which I am so excited about. But what I'm really excited about is on Monday, I was guided to include another modality into this healing journey. And I have to tell you, it's been like a full body yes, all the excitement and all of the jubilation, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> so if you want to check out uh, the full story, I actually wrote about it on Medium and I also shared it with my email newsletter list, which if you're not signed up on the email list uh, with, with my newsletter community, highly recommend they find out things first. They know things that I don't share with everyone and it's just the place to be. But what this is, is this is tapping. And if you are unfamiliar with tapping EFT, emotional freedom technique, then man, are you missing out. I did an interview with Brad Yates earlier this year, who was considered like the father of, or the grandfather of tapping, father of tapping, I can't remember. But I started tapping last November, and suffice it to say, tapping has transformed my life. It has helped me to make some huge, huge shifts. And when it was, got, like when I was guided, when I was told that I needed to incorporate tapping, it was like, oh my gosh, yes, this is perfect. For whatever reason, I knew that there was like one more little component that needed to be added into this course, but I didn't know what it was and I wasn't going to force it. Um, the creation of this entire course has been guided and so I've just kind of been going along when I'm sent along and it's <laughs> it's been pretty exciting, also quite humbling. But tapping is the perfect, perfect complement to the Akashic activations that we will be doing as it will really help us to clear out the deep excavation that we're going to be doing into the fear, the blocks, the debris, the things that are holding us back from feeling confident, from being confident in our lives. And so now when you sign up for the Confident Series, you'll also be receiving a weekly tapping video to support the other materials, which each week uh, attendees will, of course, get the replay. So you don't need to attend live, but uh, the replay, you'll get the Akashic activation, the workbook, and now also the tapping video. So huge, huge, huge value, and I'm just so pumped. So make sure if that is something that you're interested in, you've only got two more days and I've only got two more spots as well. Probably should have said that first. So first come, first serve. Would love to have you if this resonates. Second thing, for a limited time, save 10% off my Akashic Record Soul Readings and Human Design Sessions with the code SUMMERTIME. And you'll find the link for that in the show notes. You can check those out. Make sure to take advantage while they are around, especially if these times have been hard on you. If you are finding yourself lost or unsure of what to do about maybe your career or relationship or anything else that is going on in your life. And finally, of course, every Friday, 12 p.m. on YouTube, come hang out. Join me for the weekly forecast 
Would love to have you there. Okay, so let's go ahead and dive in. I want to introduce Neil to you. So Neil Dizzy, that's what he goes by, uh, <laughs> is an Akashic Records reader and emotional healer who believes in people and all that we can be. Having trained to become a therapist, Neil has a background in clinical mental health and is also a previously ordained Buddhist monk. With his background and spiritual gifts, Neil helps people break free of their limitations and old karmic soul lessons so they can live authentically as who they are truly meant to be. It is such an honor that I get to share this conversation with you. And then I got to have it with my my soul brother, Neil. <laughs> so without much further ado, enjoy this conversation and we will see you on the other side. Welcome to the Soul Driven Podcast. I believe that when we invest in ourselves, the world benefits. If you are searching for meaning and purpose, if you are unsure about how to combine the spiritual with the everyday, if you are ready to uncover who you truly are, then you've come to the right place. The Soul Driven Podcast is dedicated to exploring the intersection of living a soulful and spiritual life in a driven and ambitious world. Join me for practical guidance, truthful discussions, and interviews with people who are successfully living a soul-driven life. My name is Anna Hendricks, spiritual guide, marketer, and your host. Thank you for being here. Welcome back, folks, to another soul-driven discussion. We haven't had one of these in a hot minute, but they're still around, they're still happening, and of course, I have to have folks back that I love talking to when it comes to discussions because, yeah, getting down to the nitty-gritty of whatever it is that I want to discuss needs to be done with someone that I admire and appreciate, and so I am Excited to reintroduce you um, to Neil DeSamonthon, a an Akashic record reader and emotional healer who has been on the show a couple of times. What's up, Neil? Thanks for hey, hey, coming hey, back. Hey. You are very, <laughs> very welcome. I'm so happy to be back. Yes, it's going to be fun. And so good. So good. We've, Neil and I have been talking about this for quite a while. So, um, pretty pumped to sit down and kind of dive in deep. God, love, the whole thing. So, first of all, I'm not going to spend a ton of time introducing you to Neil. Um, but I would like to share that if you want to know him intimately, deeply. <laughs> Check out episode 38 <laughs> and 54, two different episodes that we did together um, where you can definitely get to know Neil. Um, we dove really deep on the Akashic Records for the last one, which is episode 54. So a couple that you can check out to get to know this wonderful person even more, the details about his life. Um, but of course, as we're going to discuss, these things are forever evolving and changing. So, um, okay. So today's discussion, God, 
There's a lot of stereotypical ideas about God in this world, how God is viewed, how God feels toward us, wants from us, how to treat God, all kinds of different things. But I felt it would be really helpful to share what it actually looks like to have a real authentic relationship with God, kind of dispel the myths, um, the ideas that many of us have or have had at one point in time, mostly just have an honest discussion about God's role in our life. One of the things that Neil and I first bonded over when we met was our personal relationships with God. And over the past couple of years of knowing each other, that relationship with God has changed and evolved in so many different ways. Um, ways that might be confusing to some folks might seem like it's going into a negative or opposite direction, but actually it's just really bringing us to that next level. Because similar to any other relationship in our life, our relationships with God, source, universe, whatever the case may be, there are peaks and valleys, ebbs and flows, and God is no different. It requires time and investment to cultivate something beautiful, but regardless of what we do, it is always available to us. Um, Before we kind of dive in, Neil, is there anything you want to kind of share about that? I was thinking back to when we first met and how you're saying we bonded over God and I'm just chuckling in my head because we were different in a way because you grew up with God and I grew up with Buddhism and then later broke free of that and came into God. It was just a funny little laugh I had in my head, but now let's dive on in. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. So first I thought we would kind of kick this off with defining who God is to us, um, because I think it's important. I know that God can be a triggering word for a lot of people, and it can definitely carry some pretty heavy connotations. So um, in regards to the way that I view God, God for me is love. And it's always been just that simple. God equals love. Um, And so God could be, you know, universe, Buddha, source, goddess, whatever it is that someone else might call God as long as it is founded in love. Um, That is how I've always viewed God. So what about you, Neil? What's your definition of God? (laughs) I, when I think about God, like innately, the first thing that comes up is I think about it from a Western religious framework, but my own knowing of God is kind of beyond that, but there's still a little bit of this like all knowing creator in the sky, in the universe, um, just stripped of everything and every label we've put on that, but it's still that same similar sort of just like this all knowing loving presence. But, you know, I was thinking about the ways we see God when you were sharing that and the different people. And I just wanted to share one thing because this was really profound to me when I heard this a long time ago and it really stuck out to me. Is And I think this ties into how you share God, right? It's just love. And I think we all see God in the ways we're supposed to and across different countries, different nationalities, ethnicities, cultures, whatever, you see them in the way that you know God. And that comes as this religious figure or this being in the sky or just love itself. 
but I think we feel and perceive God in exactly the way that we need to, that makes sense to us and who we are. But ultimately, yeah, it's love. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think the word uh, that most seems fitting to me outside of God would be creator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I the agree creator with that. of of all things and everything. Um, so I'm curious because, like you just mentioned, you come from a Buddhist background, and so what was mm-hmm. it like growing up in a Buddhist family? Was God something that you talked about? Did you view, did you view Buddha as God? Like, what what is your background there? I have a few little things here. It's funny because you said that I immediately thought of my brother. He went to, he was a troublemaker. He went to private school. So he grew up with nuns. And um, (laughs) though he grew up in this Buddhist household with my mom, who's like the hardcore Buddhist, but he grew up with nuns. Um, Like Christian nuns? mm -hmm. Yeah. He went to from from elementary school forward because he just kept getting in trouble. So they needed the strict nun with the ruler. Um, well, I just learned like pretty recently that there are such things as Buddhist nuns, there are. like Pema Chodron is a Buddhist nun. And I was like, what? If I would have known that, I mean, I might have enlisted at some point, but just saying. You may have been one at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Old lives. Yes. Uh, yeah, there are. And my, that's actually, this all comes from my mom. She grew up. She didn't grow up super Buddhist. Uh, she came into it as a way of learning to deal with a lot of her anger and her emotions. And I know at the end of her life, she wants to be a nun. If we weren't here, if the family weren't here, she'd be a Buddhist nun. She'd shave her head and do the whole thing and be wearing nothing but white and just connecting all day long. But for me, I grew up very Buddhist, but I didn't see Buddha as God. (laughs) For my mom, she does. That's her God all the way. There's nothing else. But I was also the black sheep. As much as I was deeply in Buddhism, I questioned a lot of it. And there were questions that I couldn't get answers to. (laughs) And my mom's answer is, well, then you're just not ready for it. That's okay. Whereas like, no, I was actually seeing right through a lot of the limitations for it. And where, as I grew up, and I started to separate from it more and more and more. And I came into this time, I was like, I just don't resonate with it anymore. And at the same time, I was starting to consider myself spiritual. Maybe I just believe in just something beyond. It doesn't have quite a figure. And I don't believe in God from this Western lens. So it doesn't quite fit. I'm just spiritual. There's something more. I believe in that. I just don't want to put any labels or biases or whatever on it. Um, How old were you? And that it's probably it was when I was going to grad school so early 20s just about like 21 22 um and that trickled in and eventually grew more and more and more and then all of a sudden when I was working and coming into spirituality and all this stuff started to happen and all the intuition started to kick in. I started to get drawn into the world of psychics and, you know, this whole magical side of spirituality. And then I started to have greater connections and experiences with this God fella, 
this God lady, <laughs> this God figure. And it continually evolved more and more and more. So it, it was an interesting path. Yeah, that's cool. You know, for me, and I, I've shared this on the podcast before, and of course you and I have talked about it so many times, but I mean, I was just born into this life knowing God. There was never a question for me, never a... But at the same time, I was always really curious about God and and how God might show up or or where we might find God because... I grew up in the Christian church and there was so much right. that I disagreed with. You know, like I was just not down for the preacher who was jumping up and down every Sunday and yelling and screaming at us. And I'm like, uh-huh. And, <laughs> you know, just so many different things. And I was really drawn to learning about religions. I mean, I just wanted to know, you know, because there was so much I disagreed with within Christianity and because I had grown up in a Christian home, I assumed that God was this thing that you found within a religion, within a channel. And of course, I didn't think about it that clearly when I was younger, but now I see that that was really, you know, just kind of the way that I viewed it because of my upbringing. So I was constantly like looking into different religions and learning about, you know, their like figureheads and um, you know, like who was their Jesus and, and what was their deal and what did they believe? And did I align with those things? And, um, mm. I think for me, like Islam and Muhammad was like probably the closest that I came to like really feeling like, Ooh, this, this feels really interesting to me. This feels really good to me. Um, but then of course I dug a little deeper and I was like, eh, maybe not so much. Oh, this is really restrictive too. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, but there's so many different things like I love within, uh, the, the Jewish faith that, that they are encouraged to question God, which I think is so healthy. And that was always one of my biggest issues growing up within the church was like, no, 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 you're just supposed to accept that this is what is right. This is what is wrong. This is what God says. This is what God does. And of course, all of those things came through the regurgitation of someone else. And I just wasn't having that, you know, it didn't feel right to me. Um, there were some things that might have made logical sense, but still it just didn't feel right to me. Um, so, you know, even though I, I always knew God, it was always this for me, like this experience of, and I think it really took off when I was you know, starting to come into my teens pretty hugely. And then I just became like a weird child who like wanted to talk about God with anyone who would talk to me. <laughs> and even when I was like, party? yeah, God's coming with me. <laughs> Did you know that? <laughs> well, I mean, the, I like, I was just curious how other people knew right. God and what their experiences with God was and like how they interacted with God. It was so curious to me. I mean, I was legit like 21 in bars, like talking to people about God, <laughs> not proselytizing or trying to like, you know, I was never interested in, in trying to get someone to believe what I believed. I always knew that like, you know, I guess the way that I looked at it was like, cause people would try to argue with me all the time. They just couldn't handle a Christian. who wasn't trying to convert them, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so they, but 
my thing was just like, I know this to be true and this is what I don't question. What you do for yourself is, is your own thing. And, and I respect whatever that is. Um, in the midst of being a Buddhist, did you have any sort of those feelings like the them versus us sort of thing, or like kind of feeling like people, you know, who weren't in Buddhism, um, were missing it or anything like that? Did you ever have any, any of those thoughts or, um, The one thing with Buddhism that made it hard to push back on it was that it's so loving and kind and accepting. Yeah. And so a lot of that wasn't there. It was, um, you know, I, I remember had lots of times having conversations about different religions and like, I think about Christianity and I have family members who are Christian and then mom is Buddhist and conversations around that and what happens, what it looks like. And they're just saying like, you can't go to another religious place. You can't go to a temple. You can't do any of this. Whereas we said like, come one, come all, like everyone come in and have some food with us and hang out and talk and be in community. Um, so that <laughs> made it really hard to hate or to push against. Um, you know, there was, there was things that I questioned about it that were always there. And frankly, I can't even remember what it is I questioned about it anymore, <laughs> but um, yeah, I had somewhere to take that and it totally just left me. <laughs> totally yeah. I think have spirit, deep spiritual mode. <laughs> Brain goes bye-bye. <laughs> we had like a two minute long yawn before we started recording. Neil's like, here comes the energy. Um, the Neil special. <laughs> that was something that I really appreciated about Buddhism when I really started learning about it. And I think Buddhism was one that I started learning about later because when I was younger, I still had a lot of the a lot of that sort of fear mentality that comes with Christianity of like, no, no, you don't want to do that because you're opening yourself up to Satan or demons or, you know what I mean? Um, and so even though I was like the most liberal Christian, I always knew I still had my boundaries that I just wasn't sure of. Um, it's really wild to think back to who I was in those times. Um, but yeah, there, and there was this, like, even in my mind, there was always this back and forth sort of battle of, like, all of the conditioning about people who weren't Christians and and what was going to happen to them or what they weren't privy to versus the part of me that was just like, the God I know would, like, not ever leave people behind. Like, that just never made sense to me. Um and I remember reading uh, The Great Divorce by C.S. Lewis. And it's this beautiful story about a man whose wife dies and he and she goes to hell and he goes to like rescue her and like bring her to heaven. And the book is very much about like God doesn't put us in heaven or hell. That's like not a thing. Mm -hmm. And I remember reading that was just like, yes, because, you know, C.S. Lewis was one of those people that was revered even within the Christian church. He was fully accepted in Christianity. And when I read that, it was like, 
exactly. This is how it feels more like this felt more true to me than anything I had learned within the church. But I guess that's where you get all your lovey dove teddy bearness from. (laughs) (laughs) You kind of brought that into spirituality with you, you know, since the, just the acceptance of it, you know, because I feel like people like myself who did grow up seeing that divide, even if it was a divide we didn't agree with, can still sometimes get into that mentality of like us versus them or, you know what I mean? Like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. um, these are this is information you don't know or you aren't aware of. Um, is anything like that come up for you now, ever? Say it again. Does any of that like ever come up for you in the midst of like, you know, maybe like talking with folks who aren't plugged into spirituality, who aren't aware of the metaphysical, who do you see them as like different or is that sort of like all mentality from, you know, your Buddhist background? Is that more of where, where you exist? Does that make sense? Yeah. (laughs) It's never in that direction. It's always the other way. And this is part of my own personal story of like, I'm all accepting and I just love people, right? Whoever you are, whatever your belief is, that is your soul plan. That is what you're here to experience and life will take you the way you are supposed to experience it. On the other end, arrow pointed back at me there and part of my own lessons in this life has always been a felt, a felt level of separation. So as much as I am love and acceptance of others, I've always felt kind of alone and my lone wolf and I don't fully fit in Buddhism. I don't maybe fully fit in spirituality. I don't fully fit in all these things. Um, But at the same time, as we're speaking that, I don't feel a divide to any of it. And I think that's this God connection that, you know, that I've really had a lot of time to spend experiencing the last few years. There is no separation. There is just love. And as I've spent more time connecting with God, as I've gone into more and more deeper, much more deeper work within myself, that's just become ever more pervasive. Like it's just, we're just all here together and it's super lovey-dovey sometimes. (laughs) <laughs> I used to really feel that divide and I'm just reflecting on it right now. And I really haven't recently or really within the last year. So that's actually really cool. That's a good thing. Yeah. Was there I'm like, processing a specific- as we're talking <laughs> <laughs> in real time, um, how did God come into your life? Was there like a specific thing? Was there an event or was it just a, a shift? Like how did that happen for you? I mean, it started with that me transitioning into spirituality, right? Like I believe that there is something more, something greater, something that control control is not the right word, but just like is everything, right? Um, but there was one prime moment that I will always remember and it came in a breathwork session. So this was, I think before I started working with the records, um, I was like just beginning to do energy work and just beginning to step into channeling. And I went to this holotropic breathwork workshop. So basically breathwork for altered consciousness. 
and it was a two-hour workshop. And I remember getting there, like, no clue what's going on, no clue what to expect. And kind of they they take us through this experience. And within probably about 30 seconds, I'm just in it deep. <laughs> and things are starting to go crazy. And it's intense. Um, the sensation that I was feeling in my hands and in my feet, the only thing I describe is like, they felt like black holes of energy. And it it's not, it wasn't quite pain, but it was that sort of intensity. It was the most intense thing I'd ever felt in my entire life. And I remember just being like, I need to push through this. I need to push through this. I gotta keep going. I signed up for two hours. I gotta be through doing this thing. And I'm just breathing and pushing and working <laughs> and trying to keep going through. And then this moment happens where I just get this voice that pops in. Like, you don't have to, you don't have to keep doing this. You show it up and you've done what you needed to just stop let go relax and then just as that happens the music that they're playing in the background switches to this like heavenly music but that voice was this voice of god it was this most loving most kind gentle nourishing yet just large intense energy to it and God spoke. <laughs> and then I stopped and I finished the session. And then all these, everyone else was still going, but I took that, that word, those words that came to me and I stopped. And then I just started to seeing like energy flowing into all the different people around me and all this crazy, crazy spiritual stuff starting to happen. Um, but it was a really beautiful, very profound moment. And funny enough, it really is symptomatic of like, all my experiences and lessons put into one moment. I love that. I love that. Yeah, God has come through and spoken to me two different times in my life very clearly, like you and I are speaking. Mm -hmm. And I remember the second time that it happened to me, I was in a public I was in a Barnes and Noble. Actually, it's it's a really cool story. But when he started speaking, I just kind of automatically started crying because it was so loving, so epically loving. I knew it was going to stop. I knew it couldn't last. You know, I like knew about my humanity in the midst of it. And I just, I was crying because I didn't want it to end because I didn't want him to leave, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think those are moments that for those of us who are searching, I think we find. And when we open ourselves up, it comes through. When we let go, when we surrender and or when we are really lost, I I don't know about you, but I've certainly read many times about, you know, folks um, being lost in their lives and, and hearing a voice coming through. Um, it happens with some of my clients, you know, and, and we can chalk these voices up to whatever and, and be like, oh, I didn't hear it. Or like, you know what I mean? All of those coincidence type things. But mm -hmm. man... I think that those moments are huge. Um, so how did that, how did that redirect your life after that? Like, how did that impact you? 
it was nothing too conscious at that time. Um, it was a really crazy moment and it was the start of everything. That's what I see it. It's kind of what kicked off everything. And then I came into the records and started to really consciously connect to this God energy. And I was channeling this voice of God would come through and all these things would happen. In hindsight, looking back at all that time, though, that was never as pure as that one single moment. Um, but what's actually been the most profound for me is what you and I have talked about this the last the end of last year, this winter going into the start of the year, it was that seeking God. Um, I had separated from spirit and was going through this mini dark night of the soul and breakdown after breakdown after breakdown and felt so alone and miserable. And I needed that connection with God. And God came, but not in that way. And I think this is a really relatable story for a lot of people. It was came, it, God came through my own cultivation of faith and surrender and just in the most human way possible saying like, there's something and I'm being guided. And as difficult as this is, I'm being watched after. And I really learned to develop faith. And that was connection to God in a new way that I'll say is so much more profound. The other way is really exciting and has bells and whistles and this moment of God, <laughs> it was cool. But this one is, right, is God through the human heart and being able to cultivate that is something that I can always really fall back to and I think will always carry me through difficult times. So just to clarify, because obviously I was I was privy to this mm -hmm. journey as your friend and and know kind of the ins and outs of it. But for folks who are listening and aren't really sure, share a little bit more with us about this difficult time that you were going through in regards to like why you kind of lost your spirituality for a little while. And then um, some of potentially like the practical ways, you know, some of those steps that you took to like rebuild that relationship or come back to God or, or whatever it was. I don't want to, mm -hmm. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but um, yeah, just kind of maybe bring that to life for us a little bit more. Yeah. So <laughs> this ties into a lot of the Buddhism stuff. What Buddhism really did for me was there's a level of selflessness in there where it's about everyone else and not about me. So my story and my healing work has been about building a sense of self, build, working through this low self-worth that I've always had. And me coming into God from that point on where I did that breathwork session moving forward was also through my Saturn return. And it was building a sense of self and all these connections and all these spiritual things happening, they were building up this ego in a sense. And after finishing my Saturn return, there was a level of me needing to break free from that and also to break free from that ego, that spiritual ego that I developed. And so there was a half year where it just like everything immediately shifted as deeply as I was very spiritual and connected to all these things. And it was a, such a big part of me, me and spirit and 
it was magic. All of a sudden it ended and basically a snap of a finger, it just ended and it wasn't there anymore. And I was learning to just be human again and be Neil again. And it was like that went deeper and deeper and deeper as the year progressed. There was less and less spirit, more and more human, more and more Neil until the very end of the year. All of a sudden it was just me. And then I was being taken through all these experiences of just like breakdown after breakdown after breakdown through different, different, various different things in my life that were difficult. And it took me to this breaking point where it's just like, well, what now I have complete, absolutely nothing. I don't even have this sense of self that I've developed this character that's come to life over the la these last few years. And I came across this book called um, Becoming a King. And it was written by a pastor, but it was written by this pastor who kind of approaches it from God, from the way you and I are speaking about God, not through the full lens of Western spirit, the Western religion, but through just this connection to God um, and what that really means. And it was about becoming the version of yourself that is, that can lead the kingdom, that can lead as someone here to bring forward this loving God energy to the world. And every chapter I read brought me into deeper and deeper faith. And what really made the most impact for me, now there was nothing super magical happening. Uh, there was nothing very, very, you know, I don't have any hacks or tricks it was about intention and faith and allowing myself to remember that and choose that in the times that I really felt it the least and when I didn't have it going back to this book and feeling it through these words feeling it through someone who deeply does and letting that carry me forward it almost feels like someone coming into fit into faith through religion like reading it through the bible but just without all these connotations and all these things attached to it it's just like this word and this word that is love and that's what i was learning yeah coming back into i remember for me i think one of the periods of time where i really fell away from god was um after doing something that I had sworn I would never do, uh, which mm -hmm. was specifically cheating on my boyfriend at the time. And I felt so ashamed that I had to completely back away from God and just, just disconnect for a while. I, I, I didn't know he yeah, was young. Um, was in my mid twenties and, uh, didn't know how to navigate that. You know, I think that right. at least, at least for me, you know, how important integrity is for me. <laughs> we joke yeah. about that a lot. And for me to have thought one thing of myself and then to have done another thing was really humbling and soul crushing, I think in a lot of ways. And I just didn't, I couldn't find that 
connection with God anymore. And of course, in the midst of it, it didn't, I didn't realize that I was disconnecting because of my shame. And it felt more so like I had let God down. Like I had, you know, like God had walked away from me or something. Um, I couldn't fully understand or articulate what it was that was going on, but it was just this thing that like, boom, kind of like you're talking about happened so fast. And my life was so empty during that time. And I, like, I, I ended up, you know, dating this person. Um, and I remember telling him like, we need to break up and maybe like meet down the road. Cause like, I'm not, I'm not in a good place right now. I'm not yeah. going to be a good partner. I'm not going to, you know, I can't give you anything cause I don't have anything right now. Uh, even though my life on the outside was going really well, my inside was completely shattered and I had never felt so empty before. Was it like that for you when, when those things shifted where you, it was just like, what, how, like just how do I, it's, it's almost like nourishment, like food, like all of a sudden there's just nothing there on the inside and you're grappling in the dark and you can't feel your way through and you have like nothing really to lean on. Um, what, what was that like for you? Was it similar? The moment you started sharing that story and used the word empty, I was like, Oh, that's the perfect word. That's exactly how it felt. I was just empty. I had built up this fullness the last few years leading up to that. And all of a sudden it was completely gone. I didn't know how to operate. And it was just, I felt so alone for the first time after, you know, I'd felt alone to a level, a large part of my life. And then I found spirit and that just like little puzzle piece filled in and everything was good. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it was ripped away again. Yeah, it, it was miserable, but I think, you know, looking at that sort of experience for you and I, and I think you'll firmly believe this too, is like whenever you feel the most alone, you are the most with God. You're the most loved. It's like I think of a parent that lets their child go through a difficult situation because they need to, not because they aren't capable of, the child isn't capable or the parent isn't capable of supporting the child through it, but there's a level where that is not supportive it's not helpful to the child the child needs to experience this and feel and go through it and learn and become and they come out the other side stronger more loving and that's you know, what i think that experience was for you and i and like what thing what i think that experience is for everyone and i think that's actually how i end up because i <laughs> end up in this analogy a lot without thinking about it but i think that's how i end up viewing god the most in the way that makes most sense to me in my human mind as like the perfect parent what would that parent do how is that parent supporting us going from child into adulthood from a human into our most godlike self and its growth through love go through pain go through darkness go through having our hand held growth through you know all the different things Absolutely. Because that's what love is, right? True love is saying no. True love is being like, you can handle this and, and mm -hmm. I'm here 
I'm standing right here, but, but you need to go through this. For me, that's the same. It's, you know, when I go to kind of give my, my little explainer, you know, when I do my workshops and stuff uh, about God on the front end, because of course I didn't want to make anyone feel excluded when I utilize that word, since I know it can be so triggering, but I always share, you know, the way that I grew up, the experience that I've always had with God, I use the pronoun he, and I use the pronoun he because to me, God always was a father, you know, and I think that in my personal life, like there's no one on this planet that I am more alike and more love than my father. And God is just like, you know, 10 times above that, you know, way the best parent. And that is always how I've, I've seen that relationship in regards to where I'm being supported or, or where I'm being allowed to walk that, you know, that line by myself. And I think that, you know, like I was just saying, like, that is what love is. Like, why would I want a God who always steps in and, and like fixes everything for me? How would I ever learn anything that way? How would I ever mature? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And you can use that analogy in so many different ways. You know, people always want to be able to explain God and understand why God does this or God allows this to happen or that to happen. And, but you have to think of it from like a child perspective. Do you understand everything that your parents do? Heck no, you don't. Not until you become a parent yourself. And then if you're a mature parent, (laughs) you know, maybe you can understand some of those things more. But while we're still children, we don't understand. And I think that that's a beautiful thing. I also think that as far as I'm concerned, you know, the way that we go through these different stages in our relationship with God is just like we go in different stages, relationships with friends, with partners, you know, there's always like an inevitable area where you things kind of level out, right? Like they just kind of maybe get stagnant and, or you go through a really difficult time with someone and you either make it through that time or you don't. But when you make it through that time, you go up to that next level with them. You become that much more intimate with them. You understand them better. You understand yourself better. And And that is what I believe these sort of ins and outs, you know, the ebb and flow that happen with God is so that we really come to not just know God in the midst of it, but also get to know ourselves in the midst of that. And that relationship just like continues, you know, like I don't think it'll ever stop evolving until we rejoin, you know, God one day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it just comes in different ways and different textures, the different phases for whatever it is we're needing at that point of our life and however it is we're supposed to experience God at that moment. Be that sometimes completely nothing, right? Like there's times where it's not a service for you to have a parent around. You need to just be on your own navigating and figuring it out. At some point that parent will come back around. But what do you say to the person who's always wanted to have that experience with God and hasn't or doesn't. Because I think that can be such a heartbreak too. 
I think if someone was to, you know, like I've definitely had a lot of atheists have, Mm -hmm. you know, like want to, want to debate God, want to talk about God. And I think it, you know, like there's so many different variables there and so many different questions that I would have for someone before I would ever like recommend anything or, or say this or that, you know what I mean? Um, but I just think it kind of goes back to like your heart. Are you in touch with your heart? You know, do you feel your heart? Do you, are you leading life with your mind or are you leading life with your heart? You know, I think that one of the big things that I often see with folks who have really like difficult problems connecting with their spirituality or just, you know, connecting with God is when we live from that mental space and and we're not living from our heart space, you know, we're not living from that place of feeling, of knowing, of, you know, like being able to be a child and walk outside and be like, oh my gosh, it's so beautiful today. It's incredible. You know what I mean? versus um being able to like you know be this from this logical place and walk outside and be like oh well yes it's nice outside because of this and this and that you know what i mean like those are two completely Mm -hmm. different experiences and some of us i think it's stuck in the logical because that feels safer that feels like there we can talk about it we can we can make it something physical we can explain versus what happens in the metaphysical, the things we, we can't touch or feel necessarily, you know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it really is kind of going back to root, you know, that, that beginning space, like where are we living life from and, and doing some, some excavation there getting some understanding there because god's everywhere you know this you know god's in the trees and the ground and the freaking wall and like you were saying before the in the bhagavad gita you know it talks about like there are endless paths to god there is no one way and we all come at it in whatever way we come at it some people it comes through art other people through sports other people through religion, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And it's all valid. It doesn't have to look the same for everybody. But I do think that in wanting to connect with our spiritual selves, which I believe is coming back to that God within and or connecting with God, which is really the same thing, is being able to live life from that hard space versus the mental. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that so much that like... I think there's no other point that's more important, especially with where we've gone in this conversation, but for anyone, like we come into this place wanting, you know, you're talking about that person, the seeker that wants to seek God and understand God. And, you know, it, it's, there's such a m- mental energy there. And that brain is the only thing that separates us from truth, which is, heart which is experience and when you're speaking i was just thinking about how much coming to know god is just a felt experience 
And the only thing that will ever block that off is disconnection from your heart. So for that seeker, it's like, yeah, you're trying to seek it and understand it from this mental place. And you keep getting denied. You know, you, you're wanting this thing to happen. It is not happening. And you go everywhere for it. And it's just not coming. But what you've sought after has always been there, just sitting, waiting. And it hasn't been this external thing. It's been just sitting inside you, in your heart, waiting to be felt. And I think that slow pause, you know, what we did at the very beginning of this, taking a second just to breathe and <laughs> drop in, that's the greatest thing you can do. You know, you feel, you become more connected to yourself and in turn more connected to that God within you. That's the magic. It is the magic. I completely agree. So I'd love to ask you, I wanted to ask you earlier, but I didn't want to break you off in the midst of your (laughs) story. Um, But I'm really curious to hear how you, where do you see God in the Akashic Records? Like, what is that connection for you? Or is there one or, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just curious to know from your perspective how those two things are combined, mm-hmm. experienced. I Or not. <laughs> this is one of those things that's ever evolving for me. You know, what I'll say is I see God as everything, right? All things. So the records are a part of that. And so, you know, if we kind of talk about it linearly, the records are probably a step or two below God. But I view the records as a tool. So it's a tool that I can use to connect to God, to connect to source. It's like a see myself as like this person wanting to look out at the stars. So I go take this telescope. That telescope is the records. It kind of gives me some direction and I can look at the stuff that's beyond me and receive this information and see the stars. But the stars, everything that's beyond me, that's God. How do you experience God in, in the records or do you experience God in the records? Like when you're channeling or communicating? I have and not recently though. Um, in years past, it, it was what I described of like this, this very big presence with all this energy and it's very forceful. And, um, it's, and it's not really what God is. The times I've experienced God outside the records have been what feels more true and more pure to what I would expect and at a soul level what I know God to be. It's this this soft, loving truth and presence. Um, yeah, when I had experienced God, I mean, I've channeled this God energy many, many, many times. And it's this big old powerful thing. And, but it was just, what I view that it was just, it was just an aspect of this greater energy but that's the aspect of it that wanted to come through and be channeled and be shared, but it wasn't the true thing. It was just a part of it. Whereas when I've experienced God outside the records in these little moments, 
it's true. It's that full thing that just makes you stop and take a deep breath and probably cry for just a split second out of just pure love and joy. Yeah, I'm getting but, like teary just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. But we'll see. I mean, my connection to God, my connection to the records has changed over and over. So maybe tomorrow I'll go into the records and experience God in that way or in a very different way. And I'll come back on the podcast and have more to share. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that's the beauty of the records is that they continuously evolve just, again, similar to our relationship with God. You know, there's always a step up. There's always a transformation at some point in time. Something new comes in. Communication happens in a new way, whatever the case may be. Um, God, for me, has always been so gentle and soft. And I honestly think, like, that's, you know, just not only... I think if God had come in as loud and booming, then then that would have like really pushed my, (laughs) no, no. I think I would have been like, honestly, I would have That's some bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. I would have thought that that was like very like egoic or Mm -hmm. too human. You know, it's the gentleness that hushes me, not the intensity. Right. It's, it's the like, I love you no matter what that like blows my mind and impresses me. Not the like, you know, Mm -hmm. like big chest out, like, um, and that was always a thing for me when I would get in these discussions with people and they would be asking me these questions and, you know, I couldn't answer them of course. And I was like, why, why would you ever, ever want to believe in any God that you could just explain away? Because if you can, then they're human. And mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I'm not That's worshiping not a human. <laughs> yeah. Hell no. <laughs> um, that was my gripe with Buddhism. I'm worshiping this human who learned to ascend. I was like, no, this is not, no, that's not right. Uh-huh. But yeah. I think, I mean, to your point, like we're kind of just grasping at straws to understand what God is. And that's the truth of it. That's the way it's supposed to be. And that's the magic of it too. Like it's something so great that we can't fully perceive or comprehend. I think it's the opposite. I think it's so simple. But we can't fully. (laughs) I think it's so simple that we miss it. And that is God is love. Like literally since I was a kid, it's just been like, why do we have to have all of these rules and regulations and things and blah? Like I just always knew the only thing God wants from us is to love and to Try not to judge. And if we can actually do those two things, which are really freaking hard, everything falls in line. You know, like we wouldn't need laws. We wouldn't need restrictions. We wouldn't need all of these different things if we literally lived from this place of love and we didn't judge one another, which of course is love, you know, but like if that is really how we represented ourselves out there, then we would need all of the other things. It would be that simple. And I think it really is that simple. But we're humans. We make a cluster F of it. <laughs> <laughs> so the magic is coming back in and just letting your heart feel some love. Because that's how you get there. Yeah. Which absolutely. is also really freaking hard too. So. <laughs> well, I think that there's, you know, I think that you touched on some ways Um Breathwork, I think, is a beautiful way to touch in on that God within. I think meditation can also offer that as well. 
I think that there's a number of different, you know, I think it also comes back to like, what do we love? Like for those of us who love dancing, man, I don't, I don't know about you, Neil, but I have definitely been on the salsa floor and I'm like doing my thing and lost in the music. And I'm just like, oh. <laughs> it's love and it's purest right there. This, this, you know, like you're in flow, you're, you're with God, you're, it doesn't have to be a holy practice, but I think that those are the moments that we can touch into God. And that's why I think people who kind of get lost in the intellectualism overlook it, right? It's, it's the feeling. It's the, uh, that connection. Yeah. God is felt, experienced through exactly, you know, the way I, what I was saying earlier, like we experience God in the way we need to through certain religions or certain things, but like also through certain loves and joys, that's God. Yeah. And I think that's really important to say that it's not just this like deep ritualistic thing. You know, it's it's in these little joys that we have, these massive joys that we have, getting lost on the dance floor, which I was also just looking at salsa classes earlier. So <laughs> joining you in that soon. <laughs> we'll get lost in love together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it's... Um... I, I am continuously reminded of, and I know I probably sound like a broken record on this podcast or in my writings or whatever the case may be, but my guides keep reminding me of the fact that it's supposed to be fun. We take it way too seriously, just all of it, you know? And yes, we can find God in these very sacred moments, but we can also just learn how to have fun and find God that way too. Um, so kind of in, in closing here, as we're winding down a bit, I'd love for you to just kind of share with us a little bit about how you're currently communicating with God. Like what is most aligned for you at this point in time? And and also any advice that you would have for anyone who's listening and really resonating with you. And, uh, yeah. We go through our phases and this is the one thing I'm figuring out right now. What does my spirituality look like? What does my connection to God look like? And you know, I'm coming out of those months where I learned to find that faith in this God beyond me. Currently, and this is the part that's really hard for me because it's the opposite of what I've learned these last few years. It's finding and acknowledging God as me. This is, and I say that in the most non-egoic way possible, but part of what I'm navigating is just listening to what I know I need to do, what I know is best for myself, rather than this little intuitive voice that I've come into search for and listen to over the last few years. And knowing that that's right, my own thought process, my own free will is the God in me. And that's right now really freaking hard to do because um, I've gone so far in the other direction and taken myself so far separating from my mind and going so deeply into my heart and going so deeply into my body and connecting so deeply to source beyond me and all these things. And right now it's kind of, you know me, this is my 
my six year, seven year, six year. <laughs> and so much of it is about balance. And this is a large part of that. It's fully acknowledging myself and all the different parts of me, which means Neil and my mind and my knowing and all these things are also God and of God. But I think for anyone figuring it out, for to appease the mind here, know that it's different. You go through different phases. So the way that you've sought out or experienced spirit or source in the past was true and valid, but that may not be it right now. And I think if we pause and pay attention and listen to where it is we're being pulled, where our focus is naturally wanting to go, we can begin to figure out what that looks like now in this current phase. So as much as I'm talking about honoring, you know, this part of me that I have denied over the last few years, for someone else, it can be finding God through spirit, through energy work, through healing, through tarot, through Tony Robbins, you know, it can be anything, but know that it may not look the way you expect it to or want it to. I love that. All right, Neil, where can people find you? How can they work with you? All the things. <laughs> <laughs> I am easily accessible, easily findable. And that's a new word that I'm going to use, findable. <laughs> and everything is under my name. So Instagram, my website, neildissy.com, N-E-I-L-D-I-S-Y. And I also have a podcast called Heart Soul Human. Um, I do one-on-one -on -one readings with people. I do emotional healing, do spiritual mentorship. If you are interested, I am here for you. And hang out. That's all I can say. I love it. Come, come have some heart together. <laughs> yes. And I'm going to be on Neil's podcast at some point in time in the future. <laughs> We're going to give in the, another shot. In the coming few weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much, Neil, for sharing your time and your story and just, yeah, showing up open hearted and and giving so much i appreciate it i love what you bring to planet earth and am very grateful for your friendship so it's nice to be able to navigate life with someone else who's doing so authentically and i have a lot of respect <laughs> someone had to say hello at some point in time someone, yeah. he did good <laughs> <laughs> Okay, he's like, oh, oh. That, that, that's all she wrote. <laughs> all right, folks. Well, thank you so much for joining Neil and I today. You know what to do. If you are inspired by today's interview, please make sure to leave a great review on iTunes, Spotify, subscribe. Definitely sign up for the email list so you can get all the podcast updates, helpful resources, and so much more that I don't share anywhere else. Sending you big love for the week ahead. And don't forget, when we invest in ourselves, the world benefits. Until next week.